0: Today is City Reach Sunday. It's a Sunday dedicated to the healing, the help, and the hope of a city in need. And for those of you who are unfamiliar, the City Reach Care Society was started by Broadway Church 17 years ago for one purpose, to help people prosper. And over the last 17 years, we've developed a number of programs and events to do that very thing, specifically in the area of serving vulnerable kids and families and the hungry. For example, just this past year, our Food for Families program served 30,840 hampers of fresh groceries to vulnerable families and seniors. That's over $2 million worth of food that's been rescued, sorted, packed, and distributed to families in need. And just this past year alone, our Club Freedom program served 9,000 hot meals, along with a Christian service, Bible studies, and prayer walks, reaching out to those dealing with homelessness, addiction, and mental health. Broadway and CityReach continue to work hand-in-hand as we offer people hope in our community. Because after all, we are in the hope business. It's amazing to get to see people helped and the gospel preached. God is moving in this city. Amen? Amen. Uh, There's a classic book in the Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, where the people are awaiting the return of their Lion King, Aslan. And as the snowy winter frost begins to melt, they repeat this phrase, Aslan is on the move. And when I look around at all God is doing in this city, I can't help but think, God is on the move. God is on the move and I get to be a part of it. And in case you didn't know, today I'm going to invite you to be a part of it too. God is moving in so many ways in this city and and in so many different people. But let me just tell you one quick story about how I've seen him moving in one small area. It was a few years ago. We felt that God wanted us to do more, to be more intentional about reaching our city, about serving the needs of our neighbors. So we started something called the Adopt-A-School program. Now, I don't know if you know anything about the current culture or climate of the public school system, but they historically haven't been very welcoming or, or wanting to work with Christian organizations such as City Reach or the church. But regardless, I went from school to school to ask them how we could serve them. And as expected, very few principals wanted to receive any help from us. So I remember praying, God, I'm trying here. I'm I'm literally out knocking on doors, but if you want this to happen, you're gonna have to open up some doors for us. See, we tried to serve in any way we could, and we decided that if a school would eventually come to us with any kind of request, we would simply just say yes, and then figure out how we could meet that need. And then finally it happened. We got a call from a school that we'd been trying to connect with, and and they go, um, we're not sure if you do this kind of thing, but we have a family that's in need. There's a single mom and her car broke down and, and the student needs a bus pass to get to school. So I said, yes, we, we do that kind of thing now. So we went out and we bought a bus pass. A few weeks later, we got another call from the school. Um, I'm not sure if you do this kind of thing, but we have a student who's having some accidents at school and, and they need some diapers and, and a change of clothes. I said, yes, we do that kind of thing. So we went out, and we bought some diapers and some changes of clothes. A few months later, another call from a school. Ah, uh, we're not sure if you do this kind of thing, but, We have a student that has special needs and and has a need for a special wheelchair uh, so they can access different parts of our school building. So I said, yes, we do that kind of thing. And we bought a wheelchair for that student. And I remember thinking, okay, a bus pass, diapers, a wheelchair, we have effectively impacted three families. Is it worth it? God, are you in this? Three families? Like, I guess impacting three families, it would have been great. But we had way bigger hopes than that. Then I got a call from the school principal. He wanted to set up a meeting. He invited me into his office. He shut the door. He drew the blinds. And I'm sitting there. I'm in the principal's office. And I'm thinking to myself, I feel like I'm in middle school all over again. Like I'm about to get in big trouble. He turns to me and he says, Simon, I know what you're doing and I know why you're doing it. And I'm thinking, oh boy, like we're in, he, he's, he's found us out. We're in Fort, we're, we're done at this school. And he says to me, Simon, can you pray for me? So there I am, I'm sitting in a public elementary school in Vancouver and I begin praying for a principal. That was the moment I realized that a bus pass, diapers, a wheelchair, it had a lot bigger of an impact than just three families. So what just started off by knocking on a few doors and serving the needs of a few families, it turned into something incredible. Listen to this, just this past year alone, through our adopt a school initiative, we are now working not with one or two schools, but 35 partner schools, 23 in Vancouver and 12 in the Tri-Cities. CityReach's Adopt-a-School program is bursting at the seams. We distributed 1,587 fresh food hampers directly in the schools. We gave out 365 hygiene kits, also known as puberty packs, for preteens who are in need of deodorant and other hygiene essentials. Our cleanup crew donated 100 hours of on-the-ground school cleanup service and out of the 700 boxes of love that we give away at Christmas time, 300 of them went directly to families' homes through our adoptive school partners. In August, just this past August, we gave out 1,000 backpacks full of school supplies to kids to help them get ready to go back to school. And all of this is in addition to the hundreds of care packages, gift baskets, sensory kits, and two new city reach scholarships that we awarded to, to students continuing their education. So, I look at where we started, I look at where we are, and my only response is God is on the move. Over the years, I get asked the question, So why all of this, Simon? Why serve the needs of the community in this way? Like, why are Christians so concerned about helping people prosper? And it's not a bad question. It's a fair question because lots of Christians take a very different approach to interacting with their community than we do. So to answer that question, will you allow me to take you on a little journey for just a moment back to July 7th 587 BC. Simon, did you just say July 7th, 587 BC? (laughs) Yeah, it's a long time ago. But for all you history buffs uh, uh, out there today, you'll know that it was on July 7th, 587 BC, that Jerusalem was finally destroyed by King Nebuchadnezzar. For two years, King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian army surrounded the city of Jerusalem. And they could not penetrate the walls of the great city. So for two years, they starved the people out of Jerusalem. See, they starved them by weakening their bodies and weakening their defenses. And then they finally came crashing through the walls. The Babylonian army killed most of the people in the city. But they took some nobles and and the highly educated and some skilled craftsmen um, back to Babylon with them. Now, you may remember this from the children's stories you heard in Sunday school about Daniel and the lion's den or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But listen to how the Bible records this event happening in Daniel chapter 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some articles from the temple of God. Now, Jerusalem was no more, right? The Jews were forced to leave and to live in exile in Babylon. Now, the Jews were God's chosen people. He, He was in special covenant relationship with them. Now, the covenant was pretty much, honor me and and live according to your design, and then I will bless you and you will prosper. Except the people, they rebelled against God, they worshipped idols, they did wicked things, and they turned their back on their covenant with God. So, God disciplined them. He disciplined them by allowing Nebuchadnezzar to sack their city, and he caused them to live in exile in Babylon. So while they're living in exile, God's continuing, and he sends prophets to the people, asking them to turn back to God to honor the covenant that they had made. And one of these prophets was a man named Jeremiah. Now, we actually have a portion of a letter that Jeremiah sent the elders of the Jewish community living in exile in Babylon, and he's giving them instruction about how they should conduct themselves while living in a foreign land. Listen to what the prophet Jeremiah says to them he says, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says to all of those that I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. He says, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also, Seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. See, what Jeremiah is telling the people is don't fight from the inside. Don't try to overthrow the government. Don't scheme and destroy or or plot against the city. He says, in fact, do the opposite. He says, build, plant, plant grow and seek the peace and the prosperity of the city. Think about it. The Jews are exiles. They're taken from their home. They're stripped from their religion and their identity. Their families were murdered. They were forced to live in an unknown land with an unknown people who hated them. It would have been very natural to want to fight, to want to destroy, to to want to rebel. But Jeremiah tells them, no, 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 no. Seek the peace and the prosperity of the city, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Now, I know that for most of us, we have not been exiled to Vancouver. Our families have not been murdered and our identity has not been stripped from us. But as followers of Jesus in a progressive, liberal city like Vancouver, we live amongst a people that is not our own. We live amongst a people that do not share our ideals, do not share our values, do not share our perspectives, and do not share our knowledge of God. So without overstating it, it wouldn't be such a stretch to say that for followers of Jesus Christ living in Vancouver in 2021, at times we may feel like exiles in Babylon. And how do we live? Should we fight against the government? Should we plot and scheme and destroy I think the very words of Jeremiah for the exiles is very applicable to us today. We are to seek the peace and the prosperity of our city. See, it's no accident that CityReach's mission statement is we exist to help people prosper because we are seeking the peace and the prosperity of our city. And what does that actually look like in Vancouver in 2021? Well, it looks like serving the needs of our city. Where is their hurting? Serve that need. Where is their hunger? Serve that need. Where is their injustice? Serve that need. Where is their hopelessness? Serve that need. That's why at Broadway Church and at City Reach, we've decided to take the approach that we have because we believe that God is still interested in reaching Vancouver in 2021. Amen. Amen. So when people ask me, why all this? Why serve the needs of our community in this way? Why are Christians so concerned about helping people prosper? Because like the people of God, thousands of years ago, living amongst the people that were not their own, we too are living amongst the people who are not our own. And we have been called to seek the peace and the prosperity of our city. Now, if you'll allow me just to point out one more thing, there's always something that's weirdly encouraging for me about the fall of Jerusalem and the exile of God's people. Remember how the Bible records this event happening in Daniel chapter 1? It says, In the third year of the reign of of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, he came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some articles from the temple of God. So who delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hands? The Lord. It wasn't Nebuchadnezzar, but the Lord. See, every time I think about the fall of Jerusalem and the exile of God's people, I think about the sovereignty of God. God is sovereign everywhere. God is sovereign at all times. And God is sovereign over all things. See, sovereign means the highest in power and authority. Sovereign means in control. Daniel goes on to record, "...the most high is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth, and he gives them to anyone he wishes." Which means that God's not just in control of all things, but God is in control of who's in control. See, sometimes it's so easy for us to whine and complain about about this politician doing this or that politician doing that. But the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth, and he gives them to anyone he wishes. God is in control. Now, that was true on July 7th, 587 BC, and that is true on September 5th, 2021. It was God who placed King Nebuchadnezzar in power to overthrow Jerusalem. It was God who carried the people into exile. God is in control of who's in control. I am so encouraged that God is sovereignly at work guiding history and my city as he sees fit. But not only is God sovereignly at work through the leadership of my city, but he's sovereignly at work in bringing me and you here as well. See, it's no accident that you live here in Vancouver or greater Vancouver, and it's no fluke that you are alive in 2021. See, God could have had you been born in 1888. He could have you living in Kenya. But God sovereignly chose for you to live here and for you to live now. Listen to what the Bible has to say about God sovereignly choosing not only when we're going to live, but where. In Acts, it says, from one man, he made all nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their land. See, that means that God knew when you were going to live, and he knew where you were going to live. It's no accident. He appointed it. Now, I don't know what this means for you specifically and your life, but for me, All of this brings so much confidence, so much freedom. It takes all the pressure off. God is sovereign in all things. He's not only in control of who's in control, but he knew when I was going to live. He knew where I was going to live. So we are encouraged to seek the peace and the prosperity of our city. Now, we can do this in full confidence, knowing that God is sovereignly at work, that God brought us to this city at this time to make an impact. He's placed you here for a purpose. But why Vancouver? Why now? Did you know, according to Stats Canada, BC has the highest rate of childhood poverty in all of Canada at 18.5%. That means one in five kids living in BC are living in poverty. So could it be that God has placed us here and now so we could meet the needs of our city here and now. Let me ask you, knowing that God has sovereignly placed you exactly where you are, where are you personally seeking the peace and the prosperity of Vancouver? Would you join with the hundreds in our church already who are volunteering at City Reach every week? Would you join with the hundreds in our church already who've decided to faithfully and generously support CityReach with their finances? Would you join with the hundreds in our church already who pray for our staff, our community, and and our city? We have lots of opportunities for people to get involved. And if you're interested in volunteering or financially donating, uh, you can visit cityreach.org. You Click on the links and you join us. Join us in what God is already doing in this city. Now, I know what some of you might be thinking. You're thinking, Simon, this, this city reach thing is great and all, but volunteering, donating, it's not really my thing. It, it's too hard. I, I don't have enough money, and the, the timing never really works out for my schedule. But listen, our volunteers and our donors, they make us us without our dedicated volunteers and our faithful donors we close up shop tomorrow we literally run on the generosity of others uh, imagine with me for just a moment if if everyone listening to this message right now today they, they responded they responded in some way they they joined us somehow by giving of their time or their talents or their treasures like what incredible things could god actually get accomplished through city reach this year now The only reason I say that is because I've looked at this past year, and that's exactly what some of you have already done. Take Simon and Gloria So, for example. This past year, they started serving at Food for Families as team leaders. Now, they volunteer each week and sometimes two times a week. And if you ask them, it's one of their highlights. Take Deborah McKay, for example. She's a busy mother of young kids, but she wanted to serve so badly. So each week she picks up boxes of fresh food from CityReach and delivers them in her car with her kids to our adoptive school partners. Take Osa and Keenan, for example. They wanted to raise funds for Club Freedom. So on their own initiative, they arranged a bike packing trip across Canada and raised over $35,000 for CityReach and biked over 5,000 kilometers. Take Reagan Yi for example. She's been volunteering with us for 9 months when she told us that she's going to have to miss her next shift at CityReach because she'll be in Tokyo at the Olympics, representing Canada in the 3,000-meter steeplechase. She decided to make volunteering a priority even amongst her busy Olympic training schedule. See, these are just a few individuals who represent over 350 volunteers and hundreds of donors who served and gave to City Reach last year. And this year, God willing, it could be you. So would you join us? We, we have room for you too. Okay, the hard pitch is done. You can, you can relax now. Now, if you're hearing all of this and and you've ever been on the receiving end of generosity of a Christian before, and you've never fully understood why they've served you in this way, I hope today has, has brought some clarity and understanding about the nature of our God. It was God who first reached out to us through his son, Jesus, and he showed us generosity when we deserved punishment. If you've never accepted the generosity of Jesus before in your life, I would love to lead you in a prayer where you can ask Jesus to be the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life from this day forward. Would you pray with me as we close? Jesus, today I I come to you humble and surrendered. I want to receive your generosity. Jesus, I might not understand everything, but I know today you love me and you redeem me. So from this day forward, you come live within me by your Holy Spirit. Transform me from the inside out, and teach me what it means to live for you. In Jesus' name, everyone said together, amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for City Reach Sunday. It's been a pleasure, and we hope to see you next week at Broadway.